the world is always changing but the word of god will always be what it is true reliable and alive we don't change god's word but we conform to what he has spoken thank you for joining tgifj where we challenge inspire and encourage the body to go deeper in their walk with christ let's discuss power not just any power but god's power do we need it and how does his power change our life we had a long day yesterday, so my voice is a little bit jacked, but it's all good. My man Munch graduated, so we had, or it was his birthday. We had a birthday party. He did party. graduate. He though. graduated, but we had a birthday party for him yesterday. So we were celebrating. We were up late and we were chilling. And we got up early. We got up early and we were screaming. And we had a good prayer day today. We some, some people took naps. I jumped in the pool. Now we're back here. I didn't jump in the pool, and I didn't take a nap. Well, we set up, jumped in the pool. Now we're ready to go live. So um, last week, we started Power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about salvation. We talked about the sealing of the Holy Spirit. We spoke about how it's two separate events, um, how it's a gift for all of his children. You know, something that we are to receive, and it is how we change our lives is how our lives really begin to change with our walk with Christ, as being empowered by him. Because salvation is, I'm going to save you, I'm going to bring you into this new kingdom. And we are his children, but now we are called to be ambassadors and soldiers, and we are to be on the battlefield and count everything as loss to serve Christ. So to do that, we don't do it on our own strength. We do it through his Holy Spirit. We do it empowered by his Holy Spirit as he has promised his children. Yeah, and um, you know how I am. I like to give a quick um, review of what we did last week just to make sure that we are on the same page. But one of the scriptures that I would have liked to bring up last week that we didn't, um, is Second Corinthians one twenty two, and it says, "And he who has also put his seal on us, and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee." Yeah. Um, and it's just to point out that that word guarantee right there. I love the word because it's so self-explanatory. It's like um, it's an earnest or money which is purchases. And purchases is given as a pledge or a down payment that the full amount will subsequently be paid. So when we get sealed with the spirit, that's the down payment, the pledge, the pledge, the promise that the whole, the power of the Holy Spirit will come. And it's really important to understand because John 3, 3 says, um, and we will be, um, let, let's look at John 3, 3. I want to go ahead today and kind of like go through these scriptures because it's important that we, you know, refer to the word. A lot of times we disagree, but if the word of God says it, yep. guess what? The let, word. Yep. Let all men be. That's right. Um, he says in 3 3, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see um, the kingdom of God. And then he says in five, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And we said last week that that's, that's one event. It's a different event 
than being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we see there in second second Corinthians one twenty two, I believe I said that it is the down payment when we first um, accept Jesus. You know, as the word says in verse five, we are born of water and the Spirit. The water does what? Refreshing us and makes us. You talking about water and physical water? No, like or in the spirit. Yes, water makes us. It refreshes us, it cleanses us, and uh, removes our sins, and it makes us, uh, allows us to become his children. Right. So it's important to understand that the water is symbolic for what is happening. We're being transferred from darkness to light. We're becoming new creations. We're being cleansed. And when we're cleansed by his spirit, we get sealed with his spirit, as we see in Ephesians 1.13, as we see in um, 2 Corinthians 1.22, and as we spoke about the different verses that we looked at last week, that we get sealed with the spirit. And I think it's really important because I think that this is one of the challenges in the body of Christ. And as believers, um, a lot of times we have, as believers as a body, um, gotten this... I, I, I want to say stereotype, but that's not the word. This description of us as a body. And the word that a lot of people use is hypocrites. And the reality of it is that a lot of people, you know, get saved, but they don't get filled with the power. Yeah. And the word is clear. In order for us to walk this walk, we need a helper. Yeah. We need an advocate. We need someone to guide us and lead us and to instruct us. The seal makes us born again. It's it's a down payment of what we're going to receive. And Jesus himself told the disciples after he breathed on, the, on them, we spoke about this last week, go and wait for the promise. Yeah. Wait for that guarantee of you the talk, power of the Holy Spirit. You're talking about in Acts. Yes. And that was in Acts chapter 1, I believe, verse yeah. 8. So let me look at that real quick so then we can go forth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And if we go up one, he says, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Mm -hmm. And we know, according to the word, that Jesus said, I have to leave. Yeah. I got that, that scripture. Go well. ahead. So it's important that, you know, we revert back to the word because that's the truth. So um, John 16, verse 7, it says, But I tell you the truth. It is better for you that I go away. When I go away, I will send a helper to you. If I do not go away, the helper will not come. When the helper comes, he will prove, he will prove to the people of the world, the truth about sin and about being right with God and about judgment. He will prove them. He will prove. Uh, sorry, I lost my spot. He will prove to them that sin is not believing in me. He will prove to them that being right with God comes from comes from my comes from my going to the father and not being seen anymore. And the helper will prove to them that judgment happened when the ruler of this world was judged. So, but there at seven, he says, but I tell you the truth, it is better for, for you that I go away. When I go away, I will send the helper to you. If I do not go away, 
If I do not go away, the helper will not come. So we need the helper. The helper, as we see through the scriptures, is the power of the Holy Spirit. Or is the Holy Spirit. It's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And we spoke about something last week in John 20, 22, that that could have been the promise. When he breathes on them, we saw that it says, receive my spirit. And he breathed on them. That cannot be the promise that he was talking about because he was still with them. Right. So that would be contradictory. He had to leave. And we see that happen in the book of Acts. Jesus, the word of God says that he ascended. ascended. So now, because he's gone, he could send his spirit. And now we see through the book of Acts, the book of actions, like many say, that that's when the believers, the apostles, the disciples began to work, do the work of the Holy Spirit or the work of Jesus on the earth. Greater things we will do because now he sends the helper. And when the power comes upon us, we could simultaneously do the work of Jesus at the same time. Yes. And a lot of times, you know, this is what people don't really understand. And the reality of it is, and I think I've said this before, and I will always say that, that we have to take time in the secret place and in the word of God so that our helper can reveal himself to us. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is that a lot of times we've been, you know, belonging to, to congregations yeah. for a very long time. We don't spend time in the word for ourselves. We don't spend time in, in, in prayer. And we only repeat what we heard somebody say. But why did Jesus come? What was the difference so that we don't have to go to a man anymore? Am I saying that we're not supposed to come together? Of course not. Absolutely That's not. one of the essentials. Nor nor are we saying you don't learn from other people, nor are we saying somebody somebody who's um who's had more experience in the word than you doesn't mean they can't teach you anything. Doesn't mean you don't learn from your pastors, doesn't mean you don't learn from those ahead uh, above you or who's who started the race before you or that's better not above you who is more seasoned in the race or for the older doesn't mean that somebody younger also can't teach them it just means that the holy spirit will reveal his his truth to us personally so we have that we have that that gift now that benefit that we are we are able to learn directly from the teacher just as the disciples disciples did. And that's really, really, like, that's monumentally important. It is. That the Holy Spirit himself will teach us. Which is why also that it's not, a lot of people make the excuse of they learned something from somewhere and they didn't know that it was a lie. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit doesn't re- re- rely on anyone else to teach us not saying he wouldn't wouldn't use anyone to teach us but he's saying i I will teach you so when he when he has said something in the word of god and it has been misconstrued misinterpreted or not revealed to you then you still have the responsibility to know what he wants to teach you because you're supposed to have your personal relationship with him and, and that is so key. And I think that as we mature and we grow in the things of the Lord, we come to the realization that we have a responsibility. And I think that, you know, we've all been there. Going to church is almost like it, it relieves you. That's what we think in our mind of your responsibility to seek the Lord for yourself. And that's not, that's not true at all, nor is it biblical, nor it's 
it's it's that's culture. Yes. Culture has taught us that. But then then we have the way of the kingdom. And the kingdom says, come to the king. That's right. That's right. And and understand that that was the whole purpose of Jesus. Yeah. To tear that veil, to give us access to him personally and individually. And and of technically that's how he wanted it from the beginning. And um when he was saving them from that the in Exodus, when he was saving them from um Egypt, they told Moses, No, you go to God, you speak to him. But that that's never God wanted to come to to them, to all of them. He wanted to have a relationship with all of them. He wanted to reveal it to all of them. But they said, no, you go. And then you tell us what he says. So to, to go to somebody now to get your understanding of who God is, when you can go directly to him, we're doing exact, the same exact thing as the people in the wilderness, who, by the way, did not make it into the promised land. I'm not saying you're not going to make it into the promised land. I'm just saying we don't want to repeat their actions. And, and and that's that's like a thing that we do as a society. We're constantly repeating the same old nonsense um, instead of going into his word. Going to and the source. Seeing, yeah, like, Lord, what are you saying? Yeah. What is it that you're requiring? What is my responsibility? What do I need to do to get closer to you? But, you know, we're living in a culture where everything is microwave. Yeah. We like, you know, make it quick, make it quick. I remember back in the day, you know, you will go to service. Um, I was just saying this to somebody the other day. You went to service on Wednesday for Bible study. You went to um, service on Friday. There was there was whatever, power of the word, hour of power, whatever it was that Friday. Yeah. And then we went to church on, on Sunday in the morning. And then we had, we went home, we we ate, we napped, and we went back to church like at 6 or 7 o'clock. But nowadays, you know, you're blessed if you get two hours on a Sunday. Yeah. You, you think that you did, you know, something so great. But think about it. There's 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. And if you're not spending time with your father in the secret place and in the word, Really, really, what are we getting? Imagine in the natural, being in a relationship with somebody, and all you get from them in the whole week is an hour or two. Yeah. How's that going to go? It wouldn't go. At all. At all. So why will we think that the creator of the heavens, the earth, and everything that within it exists, we're going to be able to get to know his will, you know, in the microwave? It's impossible. Right. So that's the reason why he had a plan. Yeah. He said, you on your own, I already know what y'all do when I leave y'all to yourselves. So I got the plan. Yep. He got the master plan. And that's where this conversation comes in, again, about the sealing and the power of the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Holy Spirit being two separate events. Yeah. I wonder sometimes, you think that we neglect the fact that it's two events because it's going to require responsibility, not understanding that that's what's going to give you power. Um, I, I, I think I don't think it's a, I don't think people do it on purpose. Well, I'm not going to speak for everyone. I don't know what people do um, or think or, or think. But I, I think a lot of people don't know that it's, it's something that they need or something that Jesus has promised. And then if you look back at the scripture in John 16, he says, he will prove to them, 
talking about this, talking about the, talking about the spirit of God. He'll prove to them that sin is not believing in me. He'll prove to them that being right with God comes from my going to the father and not being seen anymore. And the helper will prove to them who's them, the world again, that judgment happened when the ruler of this world was judged. So it, the, the message of salvation, the message of God, the laws of God came through angels at first. And when they didn't fo- follow a letter, they were, they were punished. The sec- now the, the message, the salvation of God comes through Jesus and he uses us. He uses us. The Bible teaches he uses us to spread the message. So now that we are going to spread the message, we're going to spread the message of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit has something to prove to the world. So that means the Holy Spirit and the Lord is going to use us, his children, for the spirit of God to get that message out. And now he's saying he's attaching, he's attaching the promise and the helper of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit with the helper coming after he leaves. So in other words, when John in John 20, 22, I think it was when he blew on them, he was with them which I think we made this clear distinction last week. He was with them. So that was not the promise because he's still there. He says, for me to send you my spirit, I have to go. So he breathes on them and he gives them new life. As you just explained a minute ago, he, he cleansed them. He, he made them alive again. I that's, think it's the truth true. that says um, <clears throat> that the truth says that we don't, God doesn't come looking to make bad people good. He comes to make dead people alive. Excellent. So we were dead. The disciples, when they seen Jesus come alive, when they touched his wounds, they still needed to be made alive. Although they believed it was him. They believed it was him, master, and they ate with him and he taught them and they believed, but then he breathed on them so so that they can become alive. And it's not just believing him though. It's and believing right. that he resurrected. And, and that's my point. They believed that he resurrected because they were looking at him. But still, it was his spirit that made them alive. That's right. So the spirit of God comes and it, it breathes new life into you. Just as you said in John 3, we don't know where the spirit is coming and going. Just as the same, I mean, where the wind is coming and going from. But it's the same when the spirit of God comes alive, it comes in you. He makes you alive. Now the now we're alive in Christ, according to John 20. But that was not the end of the, that was not the promise what he talked about in John 16, because he was there. That's right. That's so right. now we want to talk about and bring you today the, the, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and how he changes our lives, because now the ministry of the Holy Spirit can take place through you, because the Spirit of Spirit of God has empowered you to do so. But, and just because you are his child doesn't mean you are automatically empowered. It means now you can see the kingdom of heaven. Now it means you belong. Now you're new. Now you're new. Now you're in the kingdom of heaven. But it is the empowering of the Holy Spirit where this scripture can take place in your life, where the Holy Spirit will prove to the world of sin, of judgment, and of righteousness. Now the Holy Spirit can do that because he has empowered you. And, and that's where he talks about in Acts 1.8. Um, and I just saw a scripture there and I thought where it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, when you get, when you first get sealed, right. It's different that event 
than when you get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when you get the power of the Holy Spirit, you actually receive the person of Jesus. Because the word says that the power of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit feels, it gets saddened, you know, it speaks to us. He speaks to us. So you're receiving the very person of Jesus on the inside. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to understand that, that now we're not alone. Now we have a guide. Now we have an instructor. Now we have a teacher. Now we have a lead. We're never alone. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, our life changes drastically and dramatically because now we have someone that is continually and constantly speaking to us. Yes. It's constantly giving us um, what we need to do, where to go, where not to go, what to say, what not to say. And that's another thing that Jesus says. When the Holy Spirit comes, you're not going to need to worry about what to say because he himself will remind you about what to say. Right. And I think a lot of times this is not taught enough and people don't really comprehend it. But I started out with saying that that's one of the challenges in the church, that a lot of people, they come to the Lord. Oh, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that I'm a sinner. You know, they, they got all those beliefs. But if you leave it there, that's not enough. To get you to where you need to go. It's not enough to get you to do what you need to do. Because the fact of the matter is that we need someone to go before us. At every given moment of the day, we need that Holy Spirit within us speaking to us. And that's what happens. That we're we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, but we haven't received power. So how are we going to walk this walk? that we've been walking all our lives, not in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. How can we do that without him? We can't, we can't. It's impossible for us to walk this walk without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and I think that that's where I want to go. Like what he does. Yeah. And it's, I, I want to make the clear distinction that we're not saying if you're not empowered by the whole, if you don't receive this power of the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying you're not saved. A lot of people conflate the two that, okay, I've been regenerated in the Holy Spirit. So now if I don't receive the Holy Spirit, I'm not saved. No, we're not saying you're not saved. We're talking about allowing the Holy Spirit to do his work on earth through you, through you. And, and, and in your life to complete everything that he has promised and everything he has said. So Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is with them and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on. Hold on. What, what was the first thing you just said there? Power. You, you will Jesus was with them. So Jesus was with them and he said, Jesus is with them. Right. When he says this to them, this is super important. Why are you saying that you said that already? Because what happens is that we are taught things a specific way. We hear the truth. We hearken to it. But when we go away, 
We forget what we heard, just like the man in the mirror. And what happens that we revert back to what's been taught and we forget what we just saw in the word. That's why I'm being redundant. Jesus is still with them. And he said, until I go, you can't get this promise. You can't get this Holy Spirit. So it's important to understand that Jesus himself right there in 1.8 is talking to the disciples. Yeah. So he's saying, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness. What are you going to be a witness of? of exactly what he promised in John 16 and 16, seven of, of righteousness, judgment, and of sin. You will be my witness. Now you're going to be a, a revealing of that truth. You're you, your person, us as the body of Christ, me, Michael, you, Joanne, you, Leah, you are going to be the, the revelation that Jesus has done exactly what he has said he has done and and i'm thinking you know and why did jesus why did jesus need to leave so we can do what we have to do because we needed his spirit and his spirit needs to be released from that body to go to the next body yeah i got you you feel me? Yep. And another thing that we don't understand a lot of times is that we live in a natural world. In order for us to affect the spirit wor- world through the Holy Spirit, he has to come and rest and rule within us just like he came as a man on earth. Yeah. Now, in order for us to be able to continue the work greater than he did, He's got to, again, leave yeah. to send his spirit because he is God himself in the flesh. And that was the promise. I'm going to send you my power. And I love how clear the word is. And again, we have to look at the word for what it is. Yeah, right here in 1A, it's the red letters. It's yeah. Jesus. Yep. It's Jesus speaking. Definitively, it's Jesus. And um, I want to go over to... Chapter two. Hold on real quick. But right, right in that eight, you got one eight where he promises. And then in nine, he says, it says, now he says, after this, he said, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. In other words, he gives them again, the promise. I'm going to give you the power. Not this, not just, not just a life. I'm going to give you the power. And now that I, now that I'm telling you, I'm going to give you the power. I disappear. I leave. In other words, I I'm gone. I didn't die. I'm, I'm ascending into heaven. Check it. This Jesus in the bottom of 11, who was taken up from you into heaven. Wait, this Jesus in the bottom of 11. Yeah, verse 11, the second part of 11. This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go go into into heaven. heaven. So he's going, he is being, he is ascending and now he's going to come back to us just as he promised. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And he is truth. He doesn't change. And if he says that he's going to do it, you can take that to the bank. Yes. That check is good. Because he's not a man to lie or change his mind. And if he said it, it is so. 
And then we see in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit actually shows up on the scene. Yep. And a lot, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go back and forth today about, you know, what happened, this and that, and the tongues, and did they not speak in tongues, and that was for them or whatever. Listen, the word is what it is. And he says, when the, and it says, Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Obviously, the disciples, these 120 that are up there waiting, they now believe what it is that Jesus told them. And what are they doing? They didn't run right. to go witness. Oh, Jesus said that we will be saved. He said that the same way um, that we see him and his hands and his feet and his side, he said that that was going to be happening, that yeah. that would happen. It actually happened. He told us that he was going to leave. All that he told them through all those three years of ministry, they've, they've seen it. One after another, after another, after another one come to pass. There's no reason for them to not believe that he's going to send them the helper. Right. And it, it's obvious and evident here that they totally believe what Jesus said. Why? He breathed into them after he shows, shows up to them. And now they're born again. Now they can hearken. Now they can move forward to do this next step to go experience this event because now the spirit sealed them. They're born again. Now they're new creations. And you can see they go and it says that they were all together in one place because they're waiting. They're waiting just like Jesus did. They didn't say, oh, now yeah. this was the event. This is all that Jesus was talking about. Let's go do the work. Let's go preach. Let's go tell people about Jesus. Let's go pray for the sake. He don't, they don't do any of that. Why? Why? Because he told them to wait. Do we think that we know better than these guys that lived with him for three years? If they went and waited, who are we not to wait? If they knew something and they did what Jesus told them to do, why would we think that we don't have to do the same thing? Why is it that we pick and choose the things that we do or don't do? Nowhere. You don't see anywhere throughout the scriptures that tells us, never mind, don't go wait for the promise. Never mind. Forget about what Jesus says. Just go ahead. Go about your own business. Do whatever you want. You'll have the power to do what I told you to do. Right. They knew. They were convinced. And we have to get to the place that we are convinced by the words of Jesus. Yeah. This was a good place for you. Now my question is, not my, uh, I, didn't, I didn't catch that one. But my question will be now, since they waited, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came that separated and came to rest on each of them. It reminds me of we know in part. It separated and rested on each of them. Oh, that's excellent. so he's given us all some he's given us all his spirit. He's all gifting us. He's all given us his promise, but together we still make make up the man Jesus. The one man Jesus. So, okay. but now, but my question will be. Now, when you're saved, how long do you have to wait 
after you're saved, after you've received the promise, uh, after you've received um, new life in the spirit, after you are born again, you believe and you confess the Lord as your personal savior. After you become after a new you creation. Repent, how long do you have to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit? Can you do it that same day, that same moment? Do you have to wait 10 days, 120 days? Like, So let's look at the word. Okay. The word says that is a gift. Yes. If I say, hey, Mike, this is for you. How long do you have to wait? Until I receive How it. How much do you want it? Enough for me to grab it. There is no time. You are the, ter- the determining factor. Do you want it? So the day of Pentecost came. The release, In other words, the spirit was released. He poured his spirit on men and women and children. He poured his spirit out. And they spoke of his glorious and miraculous things. And now, now that the day of Pentecost came, now that the spirit was released, now we all have the ability right now to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. As long as you're sealed, as long as you're born again, as long as you become a new creation, because you believe what it is that Jesus did. And like John 1, 12 says, you believe and you receive him. To become a child of God, now this gift is available to you. It belongs to us. And the thing is that we've learned and we've heard for too long. There's so many things that you need to do to get this gift. Okay. But whoever needs to do something for a gift? Tell me, when have you ever had to work for a gift? You don't work for a gift. That's the point of the gift. That's why it's called the gift. Because you're given this. Because the giver, whomever's given it to you, wants to let you have it. And a lot of times, we, or, or for a long time, we've been taught you have to do A, B, or C to get this gift. This gift requires this, that, and the third. But who are we to determine the things that you need to do to get this gift? Do you know of any scripture that says the the essentials that you have to do in order to get the gift? It just talks about over and over that they received the spirit. They they received, they believed in Jesus and what he has done. And then they were able to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit um, and get baptized in the water. And it says when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. So definitively, there has to be some form of unity, um, oneness, but it's oneness in the spirit. And why I say that? Because we know of plenty of people that receive the power of the Holy Spirit by themselves in a room. Yeah. So it's unity. So the unity will be the message of Jesus. That's right. The, what he has said, what he has done. Like we can't divert or depart from the the message of jesus That's the right. message that jesus died he rose and he ascended to heaven like we can't so we have to all believe that we all have to believe that before we receive the gift of the holy spirit because then you basically don't qualify for the gift so the, in other words yeah the unity is being being in being one with the message of jesus okay. with the work of jesus what he actually did um, I've heard a lot of times, and I'm not saying that we don't have to be 
in unity as brothers and sisters, because we see that in Psalms, we see that through the book of Ephesians, that we have to walk in oneness because together we represent the one man Jesus, yeah. not not different churches, not different people, all of us, we're one body, but we definitely have to be in unity and oneness with this message Yeah, that Jesus died, that we have to receive him and that we have to believe him in order for us to get this gift. And it's really important because a lot of times um, I've spoken to a lot of people that you say, um, I'm going to pray for you so you could receive the power of the Holy Spirit. They look at you like you got three heads, like I don't qualify. I'm not a leader. I, I don't I don't know too much about the word. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit is the one that teaches you and the one that guides you. And as long as we could get to the place where we continue to remind people that this is something that your heavenly father wants to give to you. has for us to be effective, has to give to us. Yes. For his reputation's sake. Exactly. That's that's a good point. Can you elaborate on that? And for his reputation, and I say that because back when we just read John, John 16, he talks about the Holy Spirit will reveal these things, will prove to the world. So the only way the Holy Spirit can prove to the world what Jesus has done was he said, "I, you're going to be my witness of what the Holy Spirit has done. And now that you're representing me, for my rep, now you're going out on, on my reputation. So now I'm going to do the work through you. I'm not going to rely on your strength, nor am I going to rely on your gifting, your skills. I'm not going to rely on those things. I'm going to rely on my spirit because my spirit will lead you into truth and my spirit will reveal exactly to the world what Jesus has done through you. So, and that's the, that's the key. Like, I, I want to keep harping on the idea that it's, the Holy Spirit reveals what Jesus has done through us. He doesn't, he's not just revealing the message of Jesus in thin air. What he's doing is using us as his messengers, as vessels to do his work through. So this, so the Holy Spirit, now this is his authority. This is his power. This is the, the game changer. And this is why our life has changed so much. After receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. So basically what you're saying is Jesus is banking on himself. Jesus is banking on him, not us. Which He's is banking on himself. Yes, that's I'm it. I'm going to do this. I am so confident in the job that you could do because I myself am going to do that job through you. So the question Imagine just, that. So the question just turns, turns into is, is like saying, who's going to allow me to work through them? Who's got, no, even, even let's take it a step further. I have a challenge. Like, let me give you an example. You work at a job, right? Correct. You go to that job. You do the best job that you can do your reputation. Like you hold that in high esteem. I want to go in there and represent the God that I serve. And that's why whatever I do, I do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord and not to men. Now, somebody says, hey, can you get me a job? I know personally, I'm like, hmm. You're thinking twice. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. Maybe it's not something that I should do, but it's something that I do. I'm putting myself on blast. What type? Do you keep your word? Are you a hard worker? Does your reputation matter to you? Does the life that you live unto the Lord matter to you? Because now you're going to go in there and people are going to say, oh, yeah, let's take them because 
that person works like Joanne. Yeah, yeah. And then when they don't live that, up that, to that. And in other words, that person is going to be representing you. Exactly. So now when they don't live up to it, they're going to say, wow, Joanne is the one that sent them here. How could Joanne, right? So imagine God. He's not just going to send us just like that. Right. He wants to make sure that the world gets to know him. He wants to make sure that the work that he sent his son to do continues in us. He wants to make sure that not one person gets lost. He can't bank on us. He can't bank on us. The only one that he can bank on is what he himself has done. He knows the plan. He knows what needs to happen. He knows what needs to be done. He knows how to get to people's hearts. He knows how to draw them. He knows what needs to be in them. He knows what he needs to remove. He's the only one that knows. So in order for this work to happen successfully, effectively, he has to send who? Himself. Yes. How does he do that? He sends his spirit. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Somebody was taking a nap and I woke them up. (laughs) He sends his spirit. That's it. He can bank. Listen. He can bank on himself. That's it. That's it. He knows what needs to happen and he can't leave us to ourselves. So to do the work that he has called us to do, to do the work that the spirit wants to accomplish on earth. And we know that the spirit wants to accomplish a work on earth. That's why he says the Holy Spirit will prove to the world. Okay. Just keep that, that sentence in mind. The Holy Spirit is going to prove the spirit will prove to the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He's going to do it through us. And he's saying, I'm going to use you. But the people the and the believers in Christ who do the work based on their ability is saying, I'm going to allow God to only bank on me and not allow him to use his spirit through me. And it is not by power. Oh, by might. And it is not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So, and, and this, this really, really, in actuality, it is a weight off of us because time, because like culturally, we know we have been taught if you want a good job, you know, you go to cool, go to school, get squalified, you get qualified, you get your skills up, get some time under your belt, and then you'll get a good job because you're going to prove to them that you Mm -hmm. have done everything to your capacity to learn, to get skilled, to, to now, To now get to the job and then they're going to probably reteach you a bunch of things, but they know you have a good foundation. And we like to bring that idea into the kingdom of heaven. A lot of times we say, okay, I'm going to do what God has called me to do, but let me do this first. Let me do this first. Let me, let me qualify myself. And the Lord is, is making it clear. And who did he call? Look at the disciples. He called a bunch of people from a bunch of different places. He's like, all of you guys come and follow me and I'm going to give you this one job, which is to allow my spirit to work through you to accomplish what I want. On earth, we're taught, let me let me show you everything and let me get my skills up so I can do this job. But the spirit of God actually says the opposite, not saying qualifying yourself, like learning how to speak, learning how to get communication skills and learning, going to school studying the word, not saying those things aren't awesome and amazing. They are because we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven and we should be excellent in all that we do. But 
that doesn't mean we depend on our own ability to do the work that God has called us to do. That is not how it works. Zero percent. So if you're saying we don't need the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke about in John 16, then what you're saying is you're going to depend on yourself. You're going to do it. It means I'm going to discipline myself so much that I'm going to do whatever God is calling me to do. No, we need discipline, but we need his spirit to discipline us. We need, we need understanding when we need, we need intelligence, but we need understanding and intelligence through his spirit, not just in, in our areas of life to prove to the world how awesome we are, but so the, the Holy Spirit can prove to the world of righteousness, sin, and judgment. So that is the main key. The main key is not just so I can be an awesome carpenter and then the world can be like, wow, Mike is such an awesome carpenter. He must be a Christian. No, is that <laughs> is I'm a carpenter. I'm doing I'm doing my due diligence on earth. I'm taking care of my family. I'm doing my work. But at the same time, through me, the Holy Spirit is proving to the world, to my world, the people that I'm touching, the people that I'm a part of. He's proving to them that Jesus died and rose again. That he's proving to the world, to those people around me, those people who are in the carpentry um, place with me, the houses that we're building, he's proving to them that of righteousness, sin and judgment through your life. And this is why this is such a game changer in the body of Christ, in the, the those who have accepted Jesus. You have not res- accepted the full game changer just because you became a child. You accept the game changer. You, you step into a new arena when you are empowered because now Jesus can actually work through you. Not just be his child. He can work through you now. Sorry. No, no, no. That was that was. Fantastic and excellent. And it's really important. And I can't, you know, stress enough the importance because, again, you know, not to reiterate, but to reiterate, us minus the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish His will. We can't. We, we've, we, all our lives, we've done things on our own. Because where does it say, where did it say, I'm going to use joanne to prove to the world righteousness sin and judgment where did it say that nowhere so in other words it's not in your ability it's in the holy spirit's ability it's in it's in the ability of the father right so that he's saying i and and even jesus said if you don't believe me at least believe the works who can you heal who can you save? Who can you save? You can bring people to Jesus, but it's only Jesus that can bring them to the Father. That's it. That's it. So we we have uh, we have the job of saying, "Yo, Jesus is alive. I'm going to prove to you with my words and my deeds, and I'm going to prove to you by giving you what the Holy Spirit wants to give you." And and now you're going to be able to have the opportunity to say, "Okay, make the judgment. Do I want to serve the Lord or do I not want to serve the Lord?" If we lift up the name of Jesus, he will draw all man unto himself. Yes. It has nothing to do with us. No. All, everything, no matter what, is look to Jesus, look to Jesus, look to Jesus. But we've become such a narcissistic culture that is look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yes. And anytime that we hear a look at me, that should right there give us a, a hmm. Because Jesus said, lift me up. I'm the one that's going to do the drawing. And I kept thinking about what Leah says um, um, 
It's not God about the qualified. God doesn't call the qualified. He, he qualifies, qualifies the, the called. called. So it is, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He qualifies us. Because without the Holy Spirit, don't matter what school we graduated from. It don't know how many, it doesn't matter how many scriptures we know. It doesn't matter who we know. It doesn't matter how much authority and power we think that we have. At the end of the day, the only one that's going to bring the change in the life of others is the Spirit of God in us. And it's so important. You you capitalize on, you know, all of that stuff. And that was so amazing. And I have to, you know, always look at, we always take turns. Practically, you know, it's important that we get to that place. And as believers, as people that are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to make it our business to make sure that other people that have accepted Jesus, that are new creations, that haven't been filled with the power, that we let them know about the gift. Why is it so important? Because without the gift, we can walk in a way that pleases the Lord. And Without the gift, we can't walk in a way that is going to help another life be changed. Why? Because it's not us that do it. It's the Spirit of God through us that's going to bring the change. And that's the reason why there's such a bad testimony on the earth. Because people think that because I I became a new creature, now this gives me the power to walk the way Jesus calls me to walk and to do the work that Jesus called me to work. And this is how it's such a game changer in our life as well. Exactly what you're saying. Jesus answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from heaven. So the spirit comes down and it rests on them. And I hope we're going to get a little bit into Acts 2 when Peter stands up because it shows the difference of the disciples and of Peter and how they seen the world. But the, the, we can only give what we have already received. Excellent. Okay. We have received sonship through Christ Jesus. Right. So now, now that the, the, the Holy Spirit is going to prove to the world exactly what he has, what he has predicted, said, has come to pass a righteousness, sin, and judgment. He, he, has, he has done that. He's going to show the world, right? But he's going to do it to us first. Yes, absolutely. So now he's going to be like, you are my son and you are righteous. And because you are my son, I now discipline you. And now, now that I discipline you, I'm going to give you the spirit to be able to fulfill the discipline. So now what do I mean by fulfill the discipline? Basically saying, and maybe I'm saying it incorrect, but it's like, Michael, take out the trash. Michael doesn't take out the trash. Okay, Michael. Now this is the repercussions for not taking out the trash. Um, but now he needs something to be able to go take out the trash. He needs a door unlocked. Bobby, your room, your, your room door is locked, so I can't go in there and take out the trash. Now I'm going to unlock the door and give him the access to take out the trash. So now, I, I, now I'm giving him the ability to, to, to uphold a, the, the very command that I've given him. And to accomplish the task. So Jesus is saying, I'm going conv- to prove to the world of righteousness, sin, and judgment. First, I'm a proof to you. I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purify you. I'm going to consecrate you. I'm going to bring you to myself. And now you're going to re- begin to receive things from me. And now that you begin to get this understanding and receive from me, now you can give that to the world. We're trying to give to the world too much out of ourselves instead of give to the world out of what the Holy Spirit it wants to give to them. 
We're trying to teach them how to be righteous by disciplining themselves over and over and over. And I'm not saying discipline is bad. Discipline is amazing. And a lot of us lack discipline. However, it is through the Holy Spirit that we want to be disciplined. We don't want to just we don't want to just be like, okay, I'm going to do this, like making up a bunch of things to try to get right. A bunch of rudiments or a bunch of rules. To uphold, to be like, all right, now I'm right with Christ. No, that's not what he's saying. That's how we accomplish things in the world. If you want to be a, a better employee, then whatever you do, wake up an, extra, an hour beforehand and begin to read and get understanding of your field. Then you'll, you'll surpass everyone because you're applying yourself more. But in the spirit, it's different. We depend on the spirit of God. We don't, we're not like, let me preach the sermon. I'm going to read the entire Bible to, to by next week. And now I'm going to be able to preach the whole Bible. No, it's the Holy Spirit. We, we read the Bible and we allow him to reveal the Bible to us, but we're still not depending on our own skill. That's we're right. depending on the spirit of God. So he's saying, you can't give to the world. What I need you to give to the world if I'm not first giving it to you. So I'm going to convict the world and prove to the world of everything that I have done. But I'm also going to prove it to you first so that when you go out, you can go out with a confidence. And that was the problem. And a conviction. And a conviction. That was the problem the, the, the disciples had in the beginning. The conviction wasn't there. The confidence wasn't there. They seen him. They touched him. But they were still like, mm, I'm not quite sure. So they couldn't... If he would have sent them out, he wouldn't even have properly, they wouldn't have properly been there, been a witness because they weren't 100% convinced. That's right. That's like, right. that's why it says I, he gave them convincing proofs. Yeah. And, and, and the ultimate one was the resurrection. It was like the icing on the cake. This is what I said. It's one thing. Okay. You know, you resurrected Lazarus. But it's another thing for you to resurrect, resurrect yourself. Yourself, yep. So let me see that. Once Jesus shows up, it's like, whoa, like, listen, this is on a whole nother level. And it's important to understand that what Jesus proved to them, he is proving through us, through his spirit. Blessed are those that receive, yet have not seen. We didn't see what the disciples saw Yet we have their examples, and more importantly, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside that convicts us about all truth. And it's really, really important, you know, that we are so dependent on the Holy Spirit, but our condition, our conviction has to create a hunger, a greater hunger for the Lord and for the things that He loves and for the things that He hates. Why? Because that's how others are going to know. That this Jesus is a real thing. Yes. But if we are not convinced, if we are not convicted, how can we share that message with somebody else? It's impossible. And the only way that that's going to happen is him doing it through us. Yeah. You cannot convince somebody of something that you yourself are not convinced about. Because you're going to tell the story and you're going to tell the message all shysty. Um, I think, and that's what happens a lot of times. We're trying to convince others of what we're still trying to convince ourselves, ourselves of. of. Right. But when you're telling the message of Christ and what he has done, I don't have to convince you. That's what the spirit of God does through me. Yes. And that's where the difference is. And that's where the, that's where the change is. Uh, that's why our lives changed so drastically when we received his power. When we received this one thing that has, that has been missing from so many people's lives. And we see like, um, you want to get into a little bit of yes, Peter stood up? You want to jump right into 14? 
Let's let's um read um two four real quick. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Mm-mm-mm. So we see right there that they were filled with the Holy Spirit again, again. This is after they were waiting in the upper room after Jesus left and told them they had to go wait for the promise. And we see clearly here that the Holy Spirit filled them and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There could be all kinds of this, that, and the thirds because it says that they spoke in other tongues. We're not touching that today. The point that we're trying to make here clearly is that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They waited and they received the promise of the Holy Spirit after they waited just as Jesus said that will happen. Now they're now they're um within that vicinity, within the area, there's a festival going on, and now there's a lot of people there. There's it says there's Jews from every nation. God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. They were hot. They were upstairs and they were waiting. Prior to them being upstairs and waiting, Jesus comes to them in the room where they were hiding. So now we see a, a clear difference here that when the spirit Hold on, you're talking about John chapter twenty. Yes, and even beforehand when they okay. when he first reveals himself to them, just he, making sure so that it's clear. So he shows up. He first he shows up to the middle of the room where they're hiding. Now he they go to where they're waiting, and now after they receive, what Jesus does here to his believers is a clear difference because the Spirit of God now, when you're empowered, it draws you out. It's like it's like it takes you and puts it, it like. Pulls you out into the center for Lighter, for man. the Lord to see now. First they were hiding. Then they were waiting upstairs by themselves. Then the Spirit of God comes and the Spirit of God draws them out for the world to look at them. For the world to see. So now we're separated from the world when we receive Christ because we act different, we look different, we sound different. And because we are children of the living God. He has quickened our spirit and we are alive. But if you're not being drawn out, if your life is not drawing you out of the world, it means you're you're probably missing a power there. They receive the spirit and immediately what happens? The eyes turn to them and they're like, what is going on up there? So now there's going to be a clear difference with you and the people of the world the moment the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So if, if, if you're living... Or if any of us are living in a way that we don't look different than the world, that we don't look separate from the world, if we're fitting in, and and a lot of times people will disagree because, yeah, Jesus called us to the world to minister, but like we talked about today, we're not supposed to be conformed to the world. Absolutely if not. we're conformed to the world, is that we haven't been drawn out. We haven't been separated. We haven't um, reflected the one man Jesus through us. Therefore, that should tell us something about ourselves. Because the thing about when the Holy Spirit comes to, to fill you, something happens on the inside. And this is the difference between being sealed and being filled. This right here. When Jesus comes to fill you, 
That means that he's living through you and you, you cannot be the same. A lot of times people get saved and now many encourage them. Listen, now you have to read your word. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this, that, and the third. But what happens? They're going to be able to do it on their their own strength just before a minute. And before you know it, they go right back to what they used to be. Why? Because the Spirit of God, the infilling, the power of the Holy Spirit is the one that changes us from the inside out. It's not works that we do. That's the difference. Before Jesus, everybody was trying to live right. And everybody had to continue to do these sacrifices because they were still a hot mess. Are we saying that we're perfect? No. What I am saying, that Jesus that lives in us, he is perfect. And we are being perfected in him and through him. That's why it's imperative that we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so we could get past trying to do this on our own that we will have no success in. That will be your turn. Oh, okay. <laughs> so now we're going to um, drop down a little bit, and we're going to go to 14. You've been wanting to go there. Some, however, uh, this is 13. Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. They was tipsy. That's what they thought. They thought they were bugging <laughs> out. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this was spoken by the prophet Joel. Mm -hmm. So before Peter's hiding, before Peter's afraid, before Peter is timid, he ain't. No, he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. Yeah, we see. Oh, snap, my pad died. Yeah, we see a little bit of um of of power and like he he gets a little bit of boldness when they try to take jesus and he sliced their ears off but that was on his own strength and jesus is making it clear that's not how we doing this but now this time peter takes a different stand and i just can imagine him standing up somewhere a little higher where everybody can see him and he's like no 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 let me give you understanding of what's actually going on here mm-hmm. so first peter was afraid and peter was and John 20, he got, he got, he got, um, he got breathed on by the Holy Spirit. He got new life, but still that power has not come. In other words, that boldness also has not come. That's right. But now, now that the boldness of the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they get drawn out and immediately, immediately after they're drawn out, what happens? There's an explanation that's needed. Somebody has to be a witness of what is going on. So the minute that they're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, they're drawn out and they have a desire through the Holy Spirit to speak out or like Jesus said, you will receive power. Then you will go to Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and be my witnesses. So now that the the spirit has come, it's evident. Why? Because now I have a need to witness. Uh, A a need, yeah, exactly. Not not just a desire. He's like, there's something that has to happen here today. Y'all can't be sitting here talking about what God is doing. Let me reveal to you. It reminds me of when David stood in front of Goliath. 
<laughs> He's like, just as just as God was with me when I defeated the Lions and the Bears, when they came for me, I made sure I defended them and God was there with me. And he's going to be there for me now because he's there. He is misrepresenting the God that I serve. Mm, I like that. So now what was going to happen is this was the people of God. Now, these are the people who have received the spirit of God and came alive in Christ. They are alive in Christ now. And now there's about to be day one, a misrepresentation of who God is. So somebody had to set the record straight. Yeah, they like, so, yo, these jokers drunk. So Peter stood up and it was like, no, this, they're not drunk as you suppose. What actually, what, what's actually going on is what was promised by the prophet Joel. Mm-mm-mm. And now because this was promised and it is happening, now it caused you to do something as well. Yep, and what was it that the prophet Joel said? In the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And it goes on and on and on, but what's important to understand that back then, back when, the prophet Joel prophesied that the Holy Spirit was going to be poured. And then here we See the confirmation from Peter that the spirit of God is what fell upon the men it will, and women. It's not that anybody was drunk or anything, but it's evident that the spirit of God um, came into the picture, that they were filled. And I love how the word is because I started out saying that the word of God always um, explains the word of God. Yes. And Jesus told them. He told them in Acts chapter one, he said, you will be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. And boom, like it just happens back to back, just like that. It wasn't like, oh, maybe should we? You think perhaps, do you think that this is a good time? You think that? No, right there. The Holy Spirit fills them and boom, out they go. Now nah, you ain't going to be playing my Jesus. And this is the point. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit, how we was talking about a little while ago, that he himself is going to witness for himself. And you see it right there. He's banking on himself. And he caused Peter. It was the spirit of God that filled Peter, that caused Peter to say, bro, uh-uh. You ain't going to be making me look like this, that, or the third. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be mistaken. Right off the rip, I'm going to let you know what it is. The Holy Spirit is on the scene. Jesus, like he said, he's here. He's poured out his spirit. It's not that anybody's drunk. Right off the rip, he came to bank on himself. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. It would not allow the Spirit of God to... to, the spirit would allow himself to look in a way that does not represent him. That's how you know when a person is being led by the power of the Holy Spirit because they will not live a life that's contradictory to the spirit of God. Am I saying that as people were perfect? No, I'm saying that the spirit himself, the spirit of, of God will convict us to all truth and will correct us 
of the right things to do. It's not that we're trying or not trying. It's that the spirit of God himself will not allow us to live in a way that's not pleasing to him. The spirit of God himself is what's going to give us hunger. The spirit of God himself is what's going to reveal his word to us. The spirit of God himself is what's going to cause us to put others before ourselves. The spirit of God himself is what's going to cause us to live as people that live in the light and not in darkness. It's the spirit of God that's going to cause us to be seasoned and to season others and to preserve others. It's the spirit of God that does this. When we come to the realization and the, the un- and the understanding that being filled with the Holy Spirit is not enough. When we come to the revelation and understanding that is the Spirit of God that lives through us and not us doing it on our own strength, the body of Christ is going to be able to become the representative, the agent of the Spirit of God himself to be able to draw man to himself and to convict them of the truth. So now you have the Spirit of God at work obviously flowing through the 120 or through the people 120 up yes, there, right? yes. through the 120 and then through Peter as he's speaking and what does he can and what does Peter convict them of actually what does the Holy Spirit prove to them prove to the world of through <laughs> Peter of sin righteousness and judgment of what Jesus has done said and that he's died lived, and ascended back to the heaven and what 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 is their response what did he, they say? When they heard this, they came under a deep conviction and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what must we do? What must we do? It was not on their own strength. There was nothing that, and I, hey, don't hear me wrong here. There was no event that was created by man for this moment. None. This was governed by God, only by God. And I'm saying we can orchestrate events and God moves through them a hundred percent. This was an event orchestrated by God, by God to draw people unto himself. And he empowered them and they stood and, and did exactly what God wanted them to do for the whole, to allow the Holy spirit to prove to them of what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. And now that they heard the message and, and think about the message that he was saying, the resurrection of the dead. This is uh, Jesus talking like that. Jesus talking like this is what got him killed. My God. But now understanding that he died for this message, I'm going to go on and take the same stand. You that, know that, that they had to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. There's something else nobody's at work gonna there. Do it. There's no, something else at work. Nobody's going to do it. Jesus just died. We've been hiding. We've been hiding. We've been scared. We've been afraid. Yeah, I got new life, but I'm still not doing it. I'm still not standing on the rock and, and just proclaiming to the world like a loudspeaker what Jesus has done. That but, got him killed. But now Jesus comes. He Jesus leaves, sends his spirit. And the moment anybody looks at them, he's like, brothers. What's going on is a promise. And now it's going to lead you to repentance. Mm -mm -mm. So this is how our life, and this is why it's a game changer. Our life, we become children of the living God. He sends his Holy Spirit, his power, and allows us to live a life of repentance, of turning toward him as he convicts us of truth. 
as he, as he convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now we are able to discern in the spirit. And now we're able to allow the spirit to live through us. And, and now we can be a witness of what Jesus has done. And now that we are a witness of what Jesus has done through the power of the Holy Spirit, now people can turn and look and say, what is going on and what must I do? Because I don't want that blood on my hands. That's right. They're like, we crucified him? We crucified him? I wasn't there. No, you crucified him. How did I crucify him? Mike, you crucified him. I crucified him. You crucified him. We all crucified him. How? Because we all sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm. And for us to come back to him, he has to, he had to pour out his blood. And because he poured out his blood, he resurrected. And because he resurrected, he ascended. And because he ascended, he pours out his spirit. And because he pours out his spirit, he empowers you. And because he empowers you, he gives now through you, he gives the others the ability to come to know him. Amen. Hallelujah. It is a cycle. That's how it happens. That's right. Over and over and over again. Jesus died. And so we can come to him. And because he has come to you and you have received him and now you receive his power. Now you give somebody the opportunity to come to him as well, mm -mm -mm. to be a witness. How can they hear of nobody is sent out to preach? My God. Nobody can. And this is why being empowered by the Holy Spirit is such a game changer in our walk with Christ. And, and I think that um, we're probably going to be closing up, but I want to fast forward over to um, verse 38, 238. And it says, and Peter said to them, let me go up a couple of, a couple of scriptures. Um, now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter, like and what did they say? Jesus, who you crucified. Mm. Let me go to 36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to the Peter, said to the Peter, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers. What shall we do? This is what he's talking about. But just in case, I just like to always yep. confirm with the word. Verse 38, 238. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say something right here. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. A lot of times there's this misunderstanding of the word baptism. It means to be submerged in water. Right here is talking about baptism, but repentance and baptism. And it says for the forgiveness of sin. In order for us to be forgiven of sin, it's not going underwater. No. That's just a representation. So that's how you know that the seal, that's another way that you know that the seal and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is two events. But a lot of times people don't understand that there's more than one baptism. It's not just going underwater. Right. It's not just getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it's also being baptized 
and be made new by the regeneration of your spirit yep. to be transferred from darkness to light, to become a new creation. That's what he's talking about right here. And Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for what? For the, the forgiveness, forgiveness of, of sins. sins. He said, and in addition to, that's a conjunction. It connects these two separate events or these two different things together. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You get saved. You become a new man. You become a new creature in Christ. You get sealed with the Spirit of God. And then you get filled with the Holy Spirit. We see a lot of different events in the book of Acts. But I'm going to tell you right now, being baptized in water doesn't give or take away. Why you say that, Joanne? The Bible tells us that we must be baptized because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's people that get baptized in their deathbed. They didn't get to get baptized in water. You mean to tell me Jesus is not going to bring them home? Come on now. Right. We have to get to the word. We have to get to the to the foundation of the word of God. God is not changing. He's not going to say, well, hey, if a person is at their deathbed, then okay. There's an excuse for that one. But for the other one, there's no, no, there's not all these clauses. If you believe and you receive, you will become children of God. And once you get sealed with the spirit of God, you get baptized, regenerated in water, the cleansing to be a new creation, then you can receive the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to help you to walk this walk so that he can bank on himself because it's him working through you. Yep. I'm hot, bro. I know. The word of God is, is yo, the air conditioner. The air conditioner is off too, but it's really hot. God is so good and he is so he planned so well. I was going to say premeditated, but I don't know if you can put that word here, but he plans everything. He did. He already knew that we was fairly miserable. And he's like, yo, from the beginning, he knew what it was going to take. Yep. He planned from the beginning that he was going to send himself. Why did he do it the way he did it? Listen, he's God. He could do whatever he wants. When you become God, then you can question everything you want until then, because he said so. A lot of times we get mad with our kids and we're like, you don't ask me no questions because I said so. And I used to tell my kids all the time, just give them an explanation right off the rip. But I am not God. God is God. Neither me, nor you, nor you, nor any of us be questioning God. Why you waited so long? Why did we have to go through what? Why not? How about this? We deserve death. Right. We deserve death. And because of his grace and his mercy and his loving kindness, he made a way for us to be restored from him and not stand, not have to spend eternity without him. So we better say thank you, Jesus, that he had the plan. What was the plan? He's going to make us new after we was a hot mess. And after that, he's going to give us the power. He's going to bank on himself. He's going to put himself in us the way he put himself in man in Jesus. Check this. He came as a man to prove to us that because his spirit was in the man and he could live a sinless life, his spirit comes in the man so now we can live a life that's worthy of the core. Yep. 
So we're without an excuse. Jesus was flesh just like us. He had to get baptized. The spirit of God had to come upon him. And then he was sent into the wilderness. And then he went to do the work of the father. Don't get it twisted. Jesus was flesh just like us. He left his, his godness where it belongs and came as a man. So don't give me the, oh, I'm only human. Get delivered from yourself and let Jesus come in. From yourself. And then he'll be able to empower you to live in a way that's pleasing to him. I just got a little bit aggressive there. My bad. But yo, yo, like we got to stop playing this game, bro. Eternity is, is a real thing. I remember I talked to somebody in Target and he said to me, I prefer to live a life thinking that there's a heaven and finding out that there isn't than to live a life believing there isn't a heaven and finding out that I'm not going there. Nah, miss me. Look at this. Look at this beauty. There has to be an intelligent creator. I'm a bank on that one. Yep. He showed up to us way too many times. And I'm not going to testify right now, but I'm telling you. He said, this is the scripture that just deposited. I'm going to go with it. There's a scripture that says, in my name, you casted out demons. You prayed for the sick. They recovered. The people got delivered. And he said, away from me, you evildoer. I never knew you. He's an opportunist. He's going to do whatever he has to do. But we better know that we know him. We better know that we're known by him. Because a lot of people think, because I did that in the third, I sang a great song, I prayed a great instrument, I got a bunch of people to repeat a bunch of words. Oh, you know, I am known, I'm a preacher, my church is X amount of numbers. Don't get it twisted, honey. Don't get it twisted. Let us not be too confident in our own abilities. But we better make sure that we live lives that are before the king in obedience. It's not that you pray three hours. I hear so many people just make their head so big. Are we doing what Jesus wants us to do? When we're so busy doing our God thing and he interrupts our lives to do what he wants, do we stop and obey the king? I don't even know where that just came from. That's a whole nother sermon. But you know what? We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've been empowered. Mike, take it away. Close us out. So if you guys are, so if you, if you have um, received the Lord as your Savior, as your Lord and Savior, if you have been saved by him, are you, and you are his child, you have to, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's important for our life on earth. It's important to, to do the work that he has called us to do. One hundred, We cannot deny it. We cannot be like, oh, that's not for me. No, that's for all of us. All 120 who are up in there, up there, who he sent there, they all receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Now the Lord is able to draw you out. Now the Lord is able to equip you properly to do the work that he has called you to do. To be a witness so the Holy Spirit can prove to the world what he wants to prove to the world. To empower us. And, and he's going to do that through his children. So if you're wondering, oh, okay, so what do I do now? Now you ask the Lord I re- and, and you tell him, Lord, I receive your gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and allow him to come on to you. 
and you begin to speak. Put up your hands, close your eyes, get in your bag and allow him to do it in you. Let the, let the Holy Spirit stir you up. And if he wants to speak through you, let him do that too. Forget what anybody has said. Forget what anybody has done. Go to the scripture, read and figure out what the Lord is saying. Because he wants to baptize you in his spirit so he can equip you. And so you can be his witness into the to your family, to those who are around you, and to those who he wants to bring you to that you don't even know about. But you have to be empowered by his Holy Spirit. You receive salvation. You let him cleanse you from your sins. You let him bring you into the kingdom of heaven. And then while you're in the kingdom, he says, come to this room and let me empower you by my Holy Spirit. Come to this room. Now, now it's it, we have to do it all. We have to do it all to, to live the life he has called us to and not to be misrepresenting our king. You can't be an ambassador of your, if you don't have the authority to be an ambassador, if you don't have the power to be an ambassador through his Holy Spirit. And let me take it a step further. In order for us to walk this walk effectively and reach our destination, and that's a whole nother message, we need to be empowered. Because if you're not empowered by the Holy Spirit, you know, slipping and sliding. If we're not empowered by the Holy Spirit, we're slipping and sliding all over the place. Because if we could do it on our own, we would not need him. Oh, I want to live for the Lord. Oh, I don't know why I keep doing this. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand. I feel A, B, or C. Because it's not the Holy Spirit leading you. If we could do it without him, Jesus wouldn't have come. Jesus would not have been the house of God himself because Jesus, the man, couldn't have did it if the father wouldn't have found a way to put himself in this case. And now we're the case. And in order for us to live in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, in a way for us to walk the walk, we need his power. Leah. No? Okay. She she's she's quiet today. She took a nap that was way too long. <laughs> and I think she's still asleep. You know, the more you sleep, the sleepier you are. Um, yeah, she said not too much. But anywho, um, I, I definitely would love to continue this conversation, but I don't wanna get, you know, I know Leah's like, listen. Heck that. Let's let's stay on. But I just want to, just like Mike, I want to encourage, you know, the listener. Just get in your secret place. Where's your secret place? Wherever you are Focus. focused on him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter where that is. Meditating on his word. Yes. Allowing him to change you. Allowing him to fill you. Allowing him to speak to you. You know what I mean? Get, have conversation with you. We get a little bit excited, but the Holy Spirit excites me. And it's a gift. This is the last thing I want to say is a gift. When you give somebody a gift or when somebody gives you a gift, what are the qualifications for you to get this? You receive it. That's it. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Gifts. You just open your hands and take it. And this is a gift for his children. This is a gift for his children. 
So we received this gift and we do the thing. But now if this um if this video podcast has inspired you, challenged you or encouraged you, make sure you share it, you like it, you subscribe to the page and you share it with somebody who needs to hear this message. We've been to many, many churches and people um, are always hesitant and do not understand that, okay, you're saved, but you need to be empowered. Yeah, definitely. That happens a lot. And believers who've been in, in the game for a long time. So I want to I want to encourage you, get the power. And if you have the power, pray in the spirit and allow him to build you up and, and deepen your walk with him. And allow him to be a witness through you. Allow him to be a witness. Peter stood up. While people were confused and, and said, now nah, this is what's going on. And so the Lord, the same he needed, the same way he needed Peter then, he needs somebody who will stand up and 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 speak out for him now. There's too many people, and I'm sorry that I'm throwing this in right now, but there's too many people. They they look at Christians and people say, you know, the Christians have perverted Christianity because the things they do do not aren't in the word of God. Mm. People, people, I, I hear this all the time, and, and that is. It's embarrassing. That's what it is. And it's not okay. And Yeah, it's not okay. It's like, okay, you're representing God, but that is not written in your holy book, and you want me to follow you now? So so a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, yeah these Christians became suckers. No. The Spirit of God is strong. He's alive. He's an active. He's powerful. He's moving. He, he's dividing. He's conquering. And, and we need to... Push back the kingdom of darkness. That's right. The violent will take it by force. So stand on the word of God. Stand up today and, and don't be afraid. Don't be timid. Be, be empowered and, and, and be how Peter was on that day. Standing up and doing the work of God. I, I have to close it with this. Yeah. I Can told, you actually close it? <laughs> no, no, for real. This, this is it. One of my kids said the other day, mom, you remember what you used to say when we were kids? Because there's this misconception. That Christians are a bunch of softies. Yeah. And and she said, you used to say Christianity isn't for punks. It's not for punks. Serving the Lord, this ain't for punks. It's no joke for us. This ain't like like the kingdom of God suffers violent, violence, and the violent take it by force. Maybe we'll pick up on that. No. We're not beating people up or anything of the kind. Don't get it twisted. It's all spiritual. This, yeah, it's all spiritual. This is in the spirit. But this is this is serious business, y'all. I mean, think about it. Think about it real quick. Real Last quick, point. Real quick again. <laughs> think about it. Peter, there, there's a whole bunch of people there. Thousands of people are there. What? How many got saved that day? 3,000? 3,000 3, got saved. So how many heard? There's a bunch of people there. And he stands up in front of them and sets the record straight. Do you have the audacity to do that, to do such a thing? Like Peter did not have that boldness. He didn't. If y'all with me. He was a friend with you. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is with you. Amen. amen. But, and, that, and that is the point. He, he's, he makes them. He doesn't make them. Peter decides to be obedient. Stand up in front of all of those, those naysayers of those criticizers, of those people scoffing and laughing and accusing, where have you stood that people laughed and accused you and you didn't even say anything? So it, it, does that sound like something that a punk will do? 
No, it's somebody who's saying, I'm confident in this. People who are afraid is because they're not confident. That that a fear, a lot of fear is rooted in just a lack of confidence. And it's crazy that you say that because that's what's that's what we preach. Just let let them get away with it. Don't even worry about it. You don't have to prove nothing to them. But if something is being said about Jesus that's wrong, it's our responsibility to stand up. Or what he has created, or what he has said of God, of God created us and it, all in his likeness. We are made in his image. Mm. If you see something happening that does not align and reflect that, you have the responsibility to stand up and say something about what you are witnessing and reveal to them the truth of God's kingdom. Mm -mm. Where is God's kingdom? God's, king, God's kingdom is in your midst. Yeah. So stand strong, stand on his spirit, stand on his word, and allow him to do that work through his you. His kingdom is All right, I'm going to be done. His kingdom is within us. Yep. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But um, we're going to remember next week to remind them to share yes. and to like yes. while we're on. Can you remind us of that next week, Leah? Because I, I just be kill. I, I'm just doing this. But um, have a great week. Um, have a fantastic week. Witness to someone. Get in your secret place. Get in your secret place. And ask Holy Spirit to give you that gift. Amen. I'm Joanne Martinez, pastor of Soaring Diamonds. I'm Michael. And um, peace. Leah, leave us. <laughs>